tras un día de lucharla, te mereces una recompensa. Una modelo, la marca de los luchadores. Así que sírvete esta dorada y refrescante lager. Porque tú sabes que cuanto más grande sea la lucha, mejor sabrá la recompensa. Pusiste las horas, el esfuerzo y el trabajo duro. Tú eres un luchador y esta cerveza es para ti. Modelo, la marca de los luchadores. Todo con medida importada por Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Action Park Media. All right, everybody, welcome to Dom's Den. Today's guest has spent a lifetime in the world of comedy, a stand-up comedian for over 30 years. He's appeared all over the world at basically every venue where jokes are told. I see this guy everywhere. You see this guy everywhere on the Howard Stern, the Joe Rogan experience. He hosts his own podcast on all, all things comedy. <laughs> He's actually traveled to Iceland and did a show inside a prison. I want to know more about that. <laughs> And in his downtime, he's a political activist. He once said, this has got to be one of the best fucking quotes ever. Uh, Life is like animal porn. It's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's the extent of my political activism. <laughs> Everybody, Doug Stanhope, man. Thanks for coming yeah. on, man. Welcome, Doug. Welcome. Where did you find political activists? Yeah. Yeah. A little place called Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What a nightmare Wikipedia is. So, you you took this Johnny Cash thing, and you and you just like blew it up. You you went to Iceland and you did a the you went you traveled all the way to Iceland and you did this uh, comedy uh, thing in in the prison. How, how how did that come about? Oh, I just, uh, I, I randomly, I, there was a, a, a comedian named uh, John Dar, which I'm mispronouncing, uh, that ran for mayor when uh, when Iceland fell apart after the uh, the 2008, you know, economic crash. He ran, uh, started his own party, ran for uh, mayor of Reykjavik and won. They won like six out of 15 seats on the city council. So I just randomly uh, uh, sent him an email and... Uh, just a goofy email saying that I think we should uh, visit and make uh, Bisbee, Arizona and Reykjavik Twin Cities and uh, sisters. <laughs> just a goofy email. And he wrote me back saying, hey, it's weird. I just started getting into you, too. And uh, we scheduled a, you know, I scheduled a vacation over there. And we both had a, 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 a fondness for prisons. And he said uh, he'd give me a tour of uh, Iceland's only maximum security prison. I said, "Well, fuck it, let's do a show while we're there." And uh, yeah, it was it's it's it, it was community colleges are more dangerous than the fucking Iceland. That's, yeah, wow, <laughs> that's what I feared. That, 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 that was actually going to say, uh, you know, how did you find that prison? I, I can't imagine it being like anything like you get like ten here to in twenty the for not recycling. That's about it. Wow, <laughs> yeah, but you, you get a nice room with meals and TV. Yeah, the, the guy that was giving us the tour, we we thought was an employee, and found out later, no, he was like one of their only murderers. Oh my god, <laughs> inmate! Wow. You couldn't tell. I mean, the guys had like like they did their own cooking, they had their own kitchen. We walk in, and they're like the the lobby. Basically, they're sitting there playing fucking Xbox. And there's a full kitchen with the metal table and they have the like knives 
magnetized to the table like butcher knives, uh, but they're held on with like a cord that a bank pen would be attached to. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Just, yeah, it's just different mentality, man. They're all yeah, taking I, I, courses in their in their cells. They call it cells, but it's basically a dorm. They have laptops and shit, and they're very cool. How like do we get gig. to that here? Yeah. No, we don't get to that. Yeah, <laughs> our system is a little uh, more corrupt and, and fucked up than that. I don't think you're ever going to see that here. Um, yeah, it's a shame. You got too many people in prison who don't need to be there. They're not private prisons there, right? I, can, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine. Because here, some of them are private. So they're, they're looking out to make a profit versus rehabilitating somebody. Yeah, I, just, I read a fucking phenomenal book. It's uh, Shane Bauer. And it's called American Prison. And he went undercover into a, the private prison system. And he worked as a guard for like eight months as a, a correctional officer, just uh, taking notes of all the fucked up stuff that that went on. And he he gave his real resume. Like he didn't even try to lie about who he was. He just didn't say, oh, I'm going to write this into a fucking book. And uh, it was crazy. Uh uh, and he couldn't get any comment at the end from anyone. Core Civic is the private prison group that, that runs it. And he couldn't get any of the officials to comment. So he figured out if he bought one share of their stock, they'd have to allow him into the annual shareholders meeting. Yeah. So proxy went, vote. yeah wow. Grilled them there. Really ballsy yeah. book. I mean, to me, it's like if you're in a business, you want to make money and your business is incarcerating people. What advantage is it to... It's big business. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's big business. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And, and lobbies, the correctional institute, private or, or, or public, they fucking lobby against the uh, legalized marijuana. Because, wait, that's our fucking cash cow. We can accumulate people. Yeah. yeah. In New York, they got to let out like fifty to 100,000 yeah. uh, inmates right now. They're in the process of that because obviously we just got legalized here. But they got this. What are they doing here. there to begin with? Yeah. It's crazy. Come on, for, 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 for like, for, for, I mean, for weed, for weed, for, for weed. weed, for weed, where you smoke and you go to sleep. Here's the, here's, here's my big, here's my biggest problem. I don't care whether it's weed, coke, heroin, crack, whatever. You can't lock people up for taking drugs, man. Yeah, you you can't body. lock people for taking yes. drugs, selling drugs. Big quant, whatever. But you can't put people in jail for being high, for having a problem. And there are so many people in prisons like that. Wait, for, so many people. I'd, I'd dial that back even. I, just uh, when people say it's a problem. No, it's not. Like when, if you get busted and you go, okay, instead of prison, we're going to send you into like a rehabilitation. Well, you don't necessarily have a fucking problem just because you're doing drugs. If you're having cocktails, you, you, you yeah, you're right. You're right. I've, I've done cocaine socially randomly for, you know, decades here and again. And I, like, I, I can do a bump before a second show and uh, just gives me a better show. I'm not out fucking chasing coke afterwards. <laughs> but, but, yeah. <laughs> You're a fucking martini or a, a five-hour energy drink. What's, yeah. like, what's the difference exactly? Well, you 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 uh, you're trying this uh, the anti-psychotic uh, for for more lucid dreams. 
Oh yeah. The, uh, How's that Sarah, going? Sarah, I, and I, I do them sparingly because they really knock you out. But Seroquel, Sarah, Sarah what'd you say? Seroquel. It's a, it's an antipsychotic. They, like a lot of people that uh, get out of mental institutions doing that lithium shuffle or are regularly taking Seroquel. And uh, my girlfriend had a bunch when she got out of the mental institution. And I remember the first time I took one, I slept for almost 20 hours. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, you you had mentioned, I, I think I saw you on Rogue, where you said, you know, you could wake up, go to the bathroom, go back to the bed, sleep, and then go right go back, right into, back the dream. into the dream I was, I was having. How were your dreams before that? I, it, uh, you know, sporadic, but uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, I dream very well. And, and there's certain things like when you quit smoking, oh my God, the fucking dreams you have is insane where you, you come out of it and it takes you a minute to, all right, I, I know that wasn't real, but right. I'm, st I'm, I'm still fighting that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm unable to throw a punch. When I when I had my back problems, I was on opiates for three years before it was known that, you know, there was withdrawal and all that stuff. Yeah. They got me off of that. I went through withdrawal for two or three days. But I get what you're saying. For those two or three days, I was having dreams like I was actually there. And yeah. Waking up sweat, like in a pool of sweat. Like, that's how real they were. I, I don't it's dream crazy, well. Man. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. It's shocking to me when because, I mean, again, I've. I, I feel I feel you where you're at though because I've I've had lucid dreams my whole life so my dreams are so crazy vivid I wake up and just turn over to my my notepad and I just write my dreams down if you don't write them down you'll forget them I have I, I, I hate myself I, I I only think of that when I wake up going shit I should write this down but like that old Mitch Edberg joke where sometimes I have a funny idea for a joke. But I'm too lazy to get up and get a pen and piece of paper. So I have to just convince myself that that joke wasn't funny. <laughs> Legend, man. Uh, I, I'm, but I, 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 it, the reason why I don't remember my dreams, I wonder if there's anything behind that. I, I don't you. remember my dreams. It's, it's, it's nuts, too. Were you drinking in your dream? Maybe you just blacked it out. No, man, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I just, I don't remember them. I, Have you know. ever seen uh, Inception? Yes. Now, I, I go through this. Like, it only happens maybe once a year, every once every two years, where I'll be in a dream, and I'm totally living what's going on there, and all of a sudden, somebody will be in that dream, like my father. Or like, I'll be at a party at, you know, Coachella or something like that, and all of a sudden, someone's asking me to jump off, like, a three-story roof into the pool, and I'm like, that's a terrible idea. No, that was and all of a sudden, my father will be there. Mm. And I'll be like, holy shit, I'm in a dream. And you, you realize, you're, when you realize you're in the dream, it's like being in Grand Theft Auto when you have all four stars and all the cops, are, everyone's yeah. coming after you. It's like Inception. Everyone starts getting angry at you in the dream because they know. And you're like, I have like five seconds to do some crazy shit before I wake up because once you realize you're in the dream, you start <laughs> to come out of it. So I remember, I'll just run up and jump off that roof into that pool. And next thing you know, I'm awake and I'm like, that was fucking awesome. That, that's when it started was when I, uh, as a kid, I knew that feeling of falling, which is uh, like a physical feeling, like no different than an amusement park. You know, the bottom falls out. And once I knew that, uh, you know, I had that feeling, I knew, oh, shit, this is a dream. I could just fly. And as, as long as I knew, 
once I doubted my ability to fly is when I'd come down to the ground. But I, as long as I you know, believed I could fly, which is, wow, I, I'm That's quoting fucking song from a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one's ever said anything bad about R. Kelly. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, it is R. Kelly. <laughs> but I've, I've always had those dreams where I couldn't run fast enough. I couldn't climb... Fast enough. I, 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 you I know wasn't I, strong I enough or something like that. I, I've always had those type of dreams. Yeah. I think what that is, is you're physically moving under a bunch of blankets. And that's why you can't run and you can't fight. I bet your legs are just like when your dog is dreaming and he's kicking around, but he doesn't have four comforters on top of him. My, <laughs> my bed looks like a war zone. When I'm done sleeping. How many pillows you got in that bed? Is, is They're Fina, all on the floor. Is Fina crazy with the pillows on the she, bed? No, Fina even tells me. She goes, you're just moving around. You're bumping into me. And and <laughs> yeah. did, did you, have you, have you ever uh, hit her in a no, dream? No, no. I've, I, I've come like, I, I, I have like uh, mildly, but there's other times where I wake up and I'm fucking hammering a pillow <laughs> Thinking, thank God, Bingo, stop fucking bed with me. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't need that, man. You know. Every so, now and then, I'll get a long toenail going, you know, and I'll, I'll, I might slice my wife with, with a towel. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you sliced me last night in your sleep. I'm sorry. I don't know. I was jumping off a building. I got tetanus. <laughs> so, Doug, what, what's uh, like? What's life? Living off the grid, man, in, in Bitsby. It's uh, it's perfect. It's fucking beautiful. I'd take the computer outside. If it wasn't so goddamn sunny, it would blur me out. We have a, like, I get a great patio situation here. And most of my friends are, you know, loners and fucking losers. So, yeah, I've had friends the whole time during COVID because no one was ever interacting with the outside world. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a you know a handful of friends that we've spent the year with, you know, sitting on a patio. Once fucking sports started, like it's already it's already summer basically here. Uh, All right. So it's like walk us through a day. Well, like we'll say you. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. I cleaned my house. I made my bed that was a <laughs> disaster area with pillows everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I made it up with fucking four comforters and a top sheet so the animals don't get it all fucking filthy and uh yeah then i i, I just fuck off I, I have nothing to do so happy hour starts around three my buddy <laughs> my buddy works he's got one of these you know telecommunication jobs he, he he's a lawyer and does compliance something really boring but he's done work by three so he starts drinking and then i have no reason to not start drinking with him and, and we watch point. some hockey and Usually in bed by nine. Wow, like me, day. yeah. <laughs> we, I think nine. Doug. I, I think we do the same hours, man. Yeah, I wake up at say? five, and they, you know, the, oh, geez, I just binged at uh, what? I spent, I woke up yesterday at four a.m. Uh, I finished the Johnny Depp's new movie. It's pretty good, and then I started the. Uh, it's one of the best things I've seen on Netflix in a year. Is the Serpent? I want to see that. Netflix? I, yes, I want to see I that. It's eight hours. It's eight episodes. 
eight, I stayed in bed from four o'clock in the morning until three thirty in the afternoon. Ooh, that's great. Just getting up to piss and occasionally grab a snack. <laughs> wow, great. I it love was that. that good. <clears throat> yeah, oh, see, the serpent. March twenty five. March twenty five. Oh yeah, oh, nice. same birthday. Happy yes. birthday, Doug. Hmm? Yeah, there's. I, I see some of the similarities, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you can't possibly be into astrology. Uh, <laughs> don't know Dom I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into astrology, but there are some things that make me go, "Oh shit!" Sometimes about people signs and because it's, I have a friend who is into astrology, and and this person will say, "Oh yeah, that that's because that person's a Taurus. You know, they're very strong-minded." <laughs> and uh, it's hard to talk to them sometimes, or if, a, if it's a person's a Gemini, and you know, you just got to be careful with them. Sometimes you don't know who you're getting, you know. <laughs> and then I, I think of people who are Gemini's and who are Taurus, and I'm like, oh shit, you're right, <laughs> you know. But um, are you into the astrology, Doug? No, no. I was going to say. That. There are people that just, it's just the most, oh, I, I, I like to travel because I'm a Libra. Well, I, Get yeah. out of here. So everybody born in April likes to do the same thing? It's, everybody likes to fucking travel. Everybody yeah, loves to fucking. travel. Yeah, I don't, I don't put I too much stock in it. I was a kid, but, you know, when I was younger, I, I did sex with a lot of different people, but that's because I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> Dating is because you're a whore. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to blame it on what month your parents Don't blame are. it on the stars. Uh, but uh, so, so you haven't been doing any comedy. You haven't, obviously, no. you've been home. How, how, how's that been? I, I got the second shot, and it was like a dose of reality where, uh, fuck, I'm going to have to crack that notebook open and see what we got for a new hour. Uh, I'm going to have to start working soon. Did you have a uh, reaction to that second shot? I don't know, because I drink heavily. Uh, I, I don't awesome. think I had any reaction that couldn't also be written off as a hangover. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't the only person in CVS. It, like, as the woman gave me my shot, I go, can I consume alcohol after this? And she was like, Hells yeah. yeah, you're good. I was like, fantastic. Give me two right now. I'll take them both. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy looked that up first. First thing was... Is there a, a problem with alcohol? Because I'm fucking terrified of needles. So the first shot, I started drinking at nine in the morning for the 5 p.m. shot. <laughs> I didn't hurt at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that second shot that concerns me, man. How did that uh, treat you, that second shot? The, the second one, uh, I, I still, I, I don't didn't have any, like, I mean, I had a bit of a headache for a few days, which I never get headaches. Uh, but the arm, the not the shot, but afterwards for three days, my fucking arm felt like just someone was wailing on me. Uh, and it goes all the way down to your hand, too, it felt like. When I had it, I felt it all the uh, way down. Yeah, no, it's just that muscle up here, but... Uh, but I'd say I don't. I have no reason to use my muscles, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Not like I had to go to a fucking day job and hump boxes at a UPS. <laughs> what made you want to become a comedian? It was the it was the only skill I had that could get me laid. 
I wasn't, I have no <laughs> musical ability. I wasn't athletic. I'm not good looking. I'm fucking short. I have a seahorse posture. So, yeah. <laughs> funny, funny what I had. But I never really intended to do it for a living. I just did it the same way, you know, you sing karaoke just to see if you can. And uh, yeah, it worked out. But are, are, are you in love with comedy as much as you were 30 years ago, performing, no, trying to get... No, no, I'm not one of those guys. I, I COVID was such a beautiful excuse to not do comedy. <laughs> great. I get it, yeah. I, I do it for a living. I, I There's nothing in me that misses a crowd, especially my crowds that are fucking drunk <laughs> animals. I'm trying to find one clip on YouTube where there aren't drunken animals interrupting you while you're doing your jokes. I can't find one. Are there no bouncers and no security at any of these shows? I'm seeing guys up on stage with you. Like, why is nobody removing but these that's people? what makes them great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, what, after you, what, I get so tired of my own bits. I could never write fast enough to not get sick of like you, you love doing it, but you find one bit that you go, oh, I can't wait to do this. And within a week, you're like, eh, thrill's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I kind of I, I embrace a lot of the chaos because it breaks it up for me, makes it different f for me. And then you tape your special and make sure everyone's policed. And then, yeah, OK, I have a clean version out there. Not clean, like <laughs> language wise, but you know, without interruptions. And then, yeah. Do you do you? Uh... Do you write uh, quite often? Uh, not not the, on the road. Yeah, I write as much as I can just because I, I get bored with it so quickly. But this year, I think I've written down maybe a, a, a dozen premises tops in, in the last 13 months. And they're not even bits. I'm like, all right, this is something that could be a bit if I, you know, if COVID ever ends. Wow. I mean, I haven't written any COVID shit just because I know that once everyone's off and running, that's what everyone's going to be talking That's what everybody's going to do. Yeah. So I, I try to write down evergreen shit. <clears throat> All right, this is, this, you know, this will work, you know, 10 years from now if I write it. Right. I find that there are people who I, f I find who are great writers and what they tell me sometimes just ah oh, man i i just i i fucking hate writing man it's just so hard i i get and i'm i'm thinking to myself well you make it look so easy you're so good at it but I keep forgetting it's such a discipline yeah you know and and for the last year, we all been home. We all been home. I mean, everybody's going to be talking about the same thing. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, writing stand-up is a lot different than you know, writing a book. Like, writing fucking books is arduous. It's just... Because, like, I mean, my, in any daily cycle, in any 24-hour period... There's a good chunk of it where I'm a failure and I will never have another idea. I never know. I can't remember where I ever got an idea for a joke came from. And then you fucking you click or you eat an edible or something happens. You go, <laughs> but oh, that's what, that, but that's also the artist in you that that doubt, right? I mean, did you always have that? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it I mean, over the years. 
you'll do a special and you go, all right, that's it. I'm out of material. I'm done. And then you, you wait and you take some time off and you go to Costa Rica and, you know, fuck a monkey in a tree just for the story value or like, all right, that's something to talk about. I, I, I don't have any good examples, but I, there's been times where I go, all right, this is a bad idea, but I know there's good material in it. So let's do this. Do you, do you remember the first joke? You've My ever, first joke? Yeah. God, that, I, that you ever told uh, yeah, that, that I have you... the notebook <laughs> uh, well I, I did a show in Vegas at the same bar that I did my first open mic 25 years later and I read the notebook because I had written out every word of my set <laughs> my first open I wrote uh, my name is Doug Stanhope like, <laughs> I wrote that. like I fucked that up <laughs> So I, on my 25th anniversary, I went up and I I read the entire thing. And like I could feel the blood like almost dripping through my pores. I was blushing so badly. It was so awful. Uh, but I think, I think most comics, if, you know, if they knew how bad they sucked when they started, they, they would wouldn't have continued to try. I think we're all like that. Mm -hmm. I remember I remember my first audition. Um, well, not my first, uh, the first was kind of an open call. So it, get it, that cat out of here. It was easy. The second Start. one, I thought, okay, I have this piece of paper. I'll go in there and I'll just read the lines and, and then like, no, you have to like memorize everything and. I, I had no, just I had green. no fucking clue. Yeah, just green. Yeah, green, man. I, I th and it the, really makes you want to just walk away. The audition process for acting is one of the most. Uh, it, it's it's akin to a, a sexual assault. Like the way people talk about being molested. That's how I have memories of auditions that my agent made me go on. That cat sounds like it's getting molested. <laughs> Doug, what are you doing on it? What is going what on? What are you doing under that table? Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember once, because I didn't know I could say no. When I get an agent, like I get discovered at a, a festival, and they, uh, so I moved to L.A. because I get a small development deal and an agent and a manager And I would just go on all these awful auditions for commercials and shit. And I can't act. I am, a, a, you know, and to, in a room with the two people and a camera and you have your sides. And they, it's, I remember one time I went in and you know, you know how the, the waiting room outside of an audition is. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a cattle call, man. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it turns you off. It's yeah. this the, the outside where everyone's waiting to go in the room and actors are generally douchebags and they're all very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I crack a couple of jokes and everyone's fuck you. I'm trying to fucking work on my sides. Yeah. So I, so I went in, it was one of those rooms and I went in the room and I knew I had auditioned for the lady before and she knew I sucked. Like they knew my comedy. <laughs> and they, so they always wanted me to be able to act. Uh, just by hoping. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I knew the lady and I, I went into the room and 
it was like three lines or, or if that, like, hey, uh, looks like you're going to need new spark plugs or something. And they go, okay, can you try it again? And I'm like, this, how many different ways can I say looks like you need new spark plugs? And I said, listen, I, I know that I'm not getting this part, but just for my amusement, will you guys do me a favor? When I open this door to go back into that room, will you give me a huge shrieking round of applause? <laughs> they look at That's like, awesome. Yeah, sure. Oh, so man. I walk out and everyone hears this cacophony of <laughs> <laughs> Like what could he have done with the I need fucking spark plugs that I just fucking you know, you, but you're right. I mean, I mean, some of those rooms, some of those uh, audition rooms, when there's like two, uh, you know, three, four, five, some of those calls, there's like 10, 12 people. It's crazy. You know, and they're like, oh, your appointment's at three o'clock. And meanwhile, there's like five other people had an appointment at three o'clock. So you're waiting around. I used to leave. It was a, I'd get frustrated, and I'm like, well, this is not going to do me any good, and I'm going to leave. And if if they need to see 30 people for this world, then they don't know what the fuck they want. So if that process of acting and auditioning it was you know, a big headache for you, how did you transition or go to like you know, something semi-scripted like The Man Show? How, did, how was that experience for you? Well, that's, that's more like stand-up. You're, you're, you know, like when you're filming in front of a live studio audience and you you have to repeat jokes fucking a bunch of times, you fuck something up or, hey, we had a you know lighting issue. We're going to have to do that whole thing again. And now you have the live studio audience that is pretending to laugh at the thing they've just heard three times and you know it's fake and they know it's fake. And it's yeah, it's really demoralizing. Uh, it's hard, yeah. It's it's like you know when you're doing TV or you're doing filming. It's all about repetition. I'm I'm amazed that there still is anything. Sorry, the fucking people that wandered. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old bus station in San Antonio, the right? like 1880s. <laughs> hey, my bag in the saloon. What's up, buddy? <laughs> That's my manager. That. <laughs> That's the kind of quality management I have. Boxing <laughs> shorts, knowing that I'm doing a podcast. If I only had a manager. Uh, Jesus. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. <laughs> so, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you uh, shoot off a couple of questions. Um, it's kind of like Dom's hot seat. I just uh, throw out some questions. Uh, what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Wind, mouth sounds, and uh, balloons being inflated. Oh, balloons That's inflated. very interesting. Wow. Yeah. My wife I has a thing with that. balloons. It's called globophobia. Like she, it's, right. a, it's an actual thing, globophobia. Uh, misophonia, I believe, is the mouth sounds. People fucking chewing with their mouth open. Yeah. Oh. oh. Chewing like a horse. Like a fucking horse. Mm. We just covered yeah. this. Right? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did just I have cover no this. patience for that. Makes yeah. me violent, like not actually, but it, yeah, my violent <laughs> tendencies come to, to a surface. To me, it's very selfish when you chew like that. Oh, like it's the you're worst. only you're only worried about yourself and how the food tastes, and it's swirling in your disgusting oh, mouth. To hell. Besides I, I, everybody, my else own like mouth that. sounds make me fucking violent. <laughs> yeah. I catch myself alone. I <clears> like, oh, that's fucking gross. 
Yeah. I give the angry slow turn for any, just. <laughs> the deep yeah, the sound irritates me. Just like if I hear someone like chewing on like peanuts or so, you can hear the crunch and licking your fingers and shit. Oh. Yeah, the oh. smack. Oh. The smack. Oh, yeah. How people snap their gum? Holy shit! The snapping of the gum. What do you mean uh, snapping of the? You gum? know when you snap your gum. My wife. Right, uh, up. Oh. My, my wife quit smoking and then started chewing gum, and she chews like it sounds like a fucking wet toad in a laundry dryer. <laughs> and I go, "Fuck, just start smoking again." <laughs> he wants to die rather than this. Yes. <laughs> in a few words, describe how you feel about hecklers. It. it See, I get a lot of hecklers. Mostly, I get hecklers that uh, are trying to be friendly, but they've been tailgating the show and drinking in the parking lot because they're broke. So they're, they're <laughs> drinking some fucking Evan McGregor out of a plastic jug in their fucking Ford Tempo. <laughs> they show up shit-faced, and then they want you to know that they you know, they listen to your podcast and they're just shouting out references from your podcast to let you know that... And so they're not, most of my hecklers don't intend to be assholes. Uh, but it, yeah, in general, just shut the fuck up. Don't try to help. Enjoy the show. There you go. Yeah. Just listen. You know, it's worse than hecklers are people that aren't listening and chatting with each other. You know, or just the, the fucking texting. Uh, you see someone. Yeah. You know what? Your face is lit up blue. I can tell you're on your fucking phone right now. That's the worst heckler. It's a silent heckle. But, oh, I'd rather be tweeting right now. Well, it's the ultimate disrespect. Well, will you will you lock up the phones at your next special? Like, if you do another special, will you lock thinking, them up? I'm, I'm thinking about it. But you the thing, Well, a lot of clubs are doing it on their own, which is way better because if the, if, if the club has a blanket policy of doing that, they're not going to think the comic's an asshole. Like if you're, if it's, oh, I'm sorry for this guy demands you lock up your phones. Well, fuck this guy. Well, you know what? Why don't you take the fucking bad beat exactly. and make that club policy and, and that way I don't have to look like a shithead. That's yeah, it, should, it shouldn't be put on you. Yeah. It should definitely be uh, something that is uh, Yeah, they should forth. take the hit. They should Absolutely. take the hit because it's good Absolutely. for the show. Absolutely. The last thing, the last thing, you know, affects business too, you know? I mean... I was thinking about making people just, uh, you know, come in their underwear. You can't bring anything in. You just sit there in your underwear. Have the TSA. Oh, wait, you're not filming me. <laughs> have have the like TSA a, out front. They like a, a Colombian <laughs> Coke distribution center, you know. They, yeah. they have to, has to work in their underwear yeah. and cut things. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> check you for blood diamonds. <laughs> Stop and squat. Dude, just squat <laughs> off. Cough. I, 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 I think I know the answer to this question. If you happen to be on a karaoke stage, what song are you singing? Uh, Is it a Neil Diamond song? No. I, 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 only because we've just talked about this. Uh, is, uh, probably uh, Poor, Poor, Pitiful Me by Warren Zevon. Oh my gosh! Wow, <laughs> that is a reference right there. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Because I've had a few uh, musicians on lately, uh, and I'm trying to get Jordan Zevon on. It's oh wow! Wow, he's a musician. And we thought, 
Okay, we just had Dr. Hook, Dennis from Dr. Hook, the lead singer, and uh, Jordan Zivon, and uh, oh, Mike from Nickelback. Oh, and I thought, why don't we on our podcast, the three of us, fucking, we sing karaoke to one of their songs and let them be the panel of judges on the Zoom. And I thought that was a funny idea. And I, that's where it's, I thought it would be poor, poor, pitiful me by Warren Zevon. It sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Group karaoke. <laughs> you're doing it in front of the person. So you're embarrassing yourself in front of the artist or in that case, kin of the artist. It's awesome. I once had a buddy doing a, doing an open mic. He was playing a, he was playing a, a Snow Patrol song, and he's sitting there and he's playing the song. And all of a sudden, I look over and I see in the booth right there is actually Snow Patrol is in the booth, and he's playing. Oh, if I lay here, and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at them. I'm going back and forth, and and he's like looking at me like, why am I looking at? That? And all of a sudden, when he gets to the chorus, they all stand up. And they sing the chorus with him, and this guy almost shit himself because wow. they're all they're all singing together. They were the coolest dudes, man. But it was that, that's a moment right there. That's really cool. I <clears throat> wow. uh, said, so, "Hey, that was Tracy that just came in. She's the our bartender on our podcast. And oh. since you're here, how about you know, uh, how come we don't have boat? how come we don't have a bartender? We need a bartender. Yeah, we, we need, need a bartender. bartender. Jeez." <laughs> Although Pat just got well, up the and fucking, let the dog out. The, fu- the and fucking fridge is right a, there, man. He brought back a beer for himself and didn't bring one. I know. Beer. You see that? You either. <laughs> look at this. We're all, look, I'm everyone's done, empty. Man. Pat's got a freshie. I'm only the sound guy. I'm like, <laughs> hey, if you're only the sound guy, now that you finally get it working, right? Why don't you go Oh, that's great. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> very true, very true. <laughs> You make a good point, Doug. Uh, Do you think Doug cries? Do you think Doug, Doug cries? cries? I think he does. I think he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody cries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Is, is there yeah, a yeah, point most, uh, most every day where I go, why do I feel like crying right now? And I don't generally. <laughs> I need some self-therapy. <laughs> I wake uh, up every morning oh, crying. Oh, on the <laughs> I, my buddy is a comic, Junior Stopka, uh, and I brought him on the road. Really funny kid out of Chicago, but like, didn't doesn't really understand life. Like he was, he's in his thirties and he doesn't have a bank account or a credit card. And uh, I brought him to the. We're flying to Hawaii from San Francisco, and we brought him into the Delta Sky Club. Oh, yeah. And I told him, "Oh, the booze is free." And uh, you probably want to change out of those pants into some shorts because it's going to be 80 degrees when we land. <laughs> it's like a private club. Yeah. He goes up to the bar and you can buy, you know, in a, so he'd never tried. He's a whiskey drinker and he'd never tried the blue. Mm. He said, uh, OK, uh, can I have a shot of the blue, uh, uh, Johnny Walker blue? And they go, OK, that's $50. 50 yeah. bucks. That's oh, yeah. I didn't tell him it's only the well that is free. $50 is his rent money probably. And he, he, so he pulls out the cash and he's too polite to say, I can't afford that. So he's pulling out and they go, we only take credit cards. And he's like, Oh, thank God. I don't have that. (laughs) Put it back in the bottle. And then he proceeds to come back with a well drink and starts changing out of his pants into his shorts in the middle of the sky club. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Go to the room to do that. Oh, Wait, you told me it's like a private club. I'm like, Jesus, how did you live without me? Where did you find them? Uh, how did you guys meet? 
play in Chicago. Someone said, oh, you get to you get to work with this guy. And he's so funny. When I first when he first flew to come on the uh, uh, come on the road with me, he had to go to a, a military website to figure out how to properly pack a bag. Like, <laughs> he didn't know how to fold clothes properly. He's like, oh, I found a military website, so so my clothes fit my bag. So <laughs> where, where does his comedy come from? He's ridiculous. He's just a very silly. Uh, I, I can't even quote a joke of his. You'd have to. It's one of those guys you really have to see him do it. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. You you heard of him? No, I haven't. But this is now I'll look into. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Curious. I'm. I'm curious to see where what he taps into yeah. for his comedy. Yeah, you can. You can YouTube some Junior Stopko when we're done. Okay. I okay. I've, I have two questions for uh, Dominic. One. What is that? Something written on your arm, or is that a weird tattoo? Yeah. Uh, is it a tattoo? Yeah, that one and here. Okay, because that one looked like because I always write on my fucking arm with sharpie when I'm drunk. Remember something? If I write it on a note, I'm not gonna wake up with the note. I'm gonna wake up hopefully with my arm. So I don't know. If it's like thing. memento. Uh, memento. <laughs> hopefully with my arm. <laughs> bathed for the first time, but I still have pieces where I didn't. Uh, and the other question was. Are you podcasting from that treehouse you were building all summer? <laughs> no, but I can see it from where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I want to podcast. You know, house. that treehouse was something. Well, my girlfriend, uh, Josefina, has uh, at, that partic- at that time uh, a seven-year-old. And I said, you know, you want a treehouse? You know, you want something? Um, and he's like, yeah, I would love a treehouse. When I bought my house, I started to build everything I didn't have when I was a kid. I never, didn't have the tree house. Didn't, fuck, I didn't have a playground, you know. Grew up in concrete, playing football, concrete. Always didn't have a garden. Didn't have a pool. And to be perfectly honest, there weren't any public places to go that weren't 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 20 minutes away that I could go to. So when I bought this house, if I had the opportunity, I was going to build it. And I really, uh, really enjoyed building that thing. It was a lot of work, but... um, It made me feel lazy every time I went on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. I put an elevator in. What? (laughs) Yeah, but here's here's the thing. So I'll watch watch your stand-up. And I hear I hear this all the time, you know. Oh, you make it look easy, and and I and what people don't know is the hard work that comes that's behind that. But what I always admire from watching your stand up, or like if I see you on an interview, or I see you on a pod, like I just saw you on Joey Diaz. Oh and, yeah, and I love, uh, I, I love I love Joey, and um, you, you're there. You're always on. You know. Um, you, when you're doing your comedy, it's. I'm trying. I'm trying to find the right word for it. It's. 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 It's not that you make it look easy, Doug. It's that. You're confident. You seem uh, confident. Yeah, that's the alcohol. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. But whatever it is, 
I see it and I'm like, fuck, I wish I, I, I wonder if he feels the way I do before I walk to a set, but after I leave, I wonder if he feels the way I do when I'm in my dressing room before they knock on the door and they say, you got five minutes. That's always within my element. I have a very narrow comfort zone stage. Like I've, uh, we've shown up at, at gigs where they go, Oh, it's only beer and wine. And they're like, my fucking audience is going to tear this place apart. <laughs> just that, just straying from the path, that little amount will fucking send me into a tailspin. Otherwise, I'm fine. The only time I, I really get nervous is when I play the UK because uh, I'm always worried, like, are they going to understand, like, for, so for the first few shows and then you have to acclimate because the audiences are polite a lot of the times and... And you go, wow, I'm dying. No, they're listening. You're just used to people. <laughs> shit at you. They're, they're actually listening to civilized people. And they, you got to so, know your audience, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's isn't that what they say? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I had uh, a question about, uh, with the yeah. whole cancel culture, and mm-hmm. I know you haven't done any stand-up since, you know, things changed over the last, you know, 18 months. Are you concerned? Are you going to change no. your no because uh, i'm not i'm not famous like, uh, my audience is there my audience knows what i'm gonna do and i don't do sets at the comedy cellar or anything like that to no you paid 50 bucks to get in here you know what you're here for beautiful uh, and, and yeah the, uh, there's no bloggers that are wandering in to the comedy store on a fucking tuesday to see me Try this out. I try this out in front of people that just paid me fifty bucks, and they know what you're about. So they want, of yeah, course, hundred yeah. percent, great. Yeah, I know. Hey, comedy has changed. You know, yeah. the audience has changed. You know, it's like a lot of these comedians can't, you know, can't play colleges anymore. You, you so know, who wants um, to play college now? My God. But what? What I'm? It shouldn't be that way. But it, it was. It, it, I, I played a few colleges. You weren't canceled back then, but colleges were always, since I've been doing comedy, colleges were tight asses. If you're going to a college event, like sponsored by the fucking school committee or whatever puts that together, that means you are too stupid to get a fake ID and go to the bar where all your real friends are having real fun. So. Yeah, those kids would just sit there with a a, a blank, you know, cardboard paper and a sharpie waiting to write down their protest sign based on something you said that was off color is there a, a piece of advice you would give to uh, aspiring uh comedians out there that, well uh, the problem with that is what because the general thing you know write every day and get as much stage time as possible and and never give up and well most comics suck like most people that try stand-up comedy are gonna fail miserably and they're and all the work in the world is not gonna make them funny they like so to give that advice get all the stage time you can that's why there's 48 people at the local open mic waiting in line to do three minutes is because they took all this advice saying get up there every every time uh so I, i i I don't know that I would say that, but uh, play to yourself. 
if, if you're amusing yourself, people are more likely going to have, have fun. Don't write what you think they're going to laugh at. Write uh, what you think is funny. And if it doesn't work, if what you think is funny doesn't work for the audience, what's the point? Yeah, we had we had Brett Ernst on the show. And uh, you know Brett, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, <clears throat> we were talking, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. And he was saying, you know what? He's like, with all the cancel culture and everything else, he goes, I do my comedy, and I speak about my truths. And he's like, if, if my truths and my story, he goes, if that offends you, he goes, what am I supposed to do? Am I not going to tell my story? It's my story. Yeah. The cancel culture is affecting the kids way more than anyone else. Yeah. Unless you have a sponsor that can fire you, that you're counting on that money or a show or a network. behind. If you're just doing stand-up, the only person that can cancel you is the paying audience. So mm-hmm. yeah, if, if I upset someone... Well, they're not going to come back, but someone else is going to take their seat. Mm, right. I just, uh, I think in, in, in what's always attracted me to comedy, I look at what you guys do. And I've said this numerous times because. Yeah, I, I, I want to know how, how did you, have you always been a huge stand up fan? Yes. I that's if I go on YouTube, that's what I, I, I it's just one of the it's it's my escape sometimes. And I've worked with a lot of comedians, uh, whether it be, oh, yeah, you, you know, worked with Burr? yeah, Burr, I worked with uh, Norton. He's like, he would come to work and he would come with, with a with luggage, and then he would say, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I just came from the airport. We're gonna do it, and then I got, I gotta fly out, I gotta do this, uh, this other thing, and and then I, I, I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him, and then I look, I watch his stand-up, and I see everything that his, he, in his personal life that he puts on there. Yeah. And how he, because there's intimate things he would talk to me about, or there's intimate things that certain comedians would talk to me about. Then I watch their stand-up, and I see how they, they turn it into... And and it's kind. Of, I don't know if it's therapeutic or, or or whatever, but they make a joke out of it. Yeah. And I wish I could do that. Mm. I really wish I could do that. And uh, it's just it's um, it, I think it's the hardest gig. It's the hardest gig in the business. The hardest you gig. No, I, I I could never do it. All right. So let me ask you this: If you're gonna do comedy karaoke if you're going to go up on a comedy stage but do someone else's material like karaoke whose material are you going to try to do i would love to do don rickles (laughs) you get canceled like that (laughs) my one and only performance don rickles material i love or day i i I love dangerfield like I'll, i'll watch clips of uh, it'll be one o'clock in the morning. I can't fall asleep. I'll, I'll put uh, uh, Dangerfield on and some of the skits that he used to do with on Carson, where he would come and then when he's sitting down in the chair with Cart, he's he he's still doing his bit. Yeah, he's still going on. It's like a method, you, you know. And and Carson is there with them. Oh, really, really, really? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about that. How was that? And then you know, <laughs> Danger. Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, my wife. 
Oh, don't even let me talk about her. <laughs> so, hey, Ming, calm down. Yeah, it's a parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so ugly a kid when I went to the zoo. <laughs> Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just love, I, I, I love comedians. You know how people just, oh, I love music. I love, you know, I love comedians. I love watching stand-up comedian, comedians. I think it's because I know it's something I can never do. And I admire it and I have so much respect for it. Uh, if I meet a comedian, I'll go out of my way. I'll make a beeline to introduce myself to them. They could be a fucking president, uh, president, the biggest movie star in the world, and I don't give a shit. If I see a comedian, oh my god, uh, you know, oh, I, I just want to meet them. Who's the, who's the comedian that's dead that you go fuck? I, I I don't have a chance to meet him now. The, like if if you could, one guy that you go, oh, I really like Carlin. I was known to be really cool to other comics and. Uh, and I never get a chance to meet Carlin. Yeah, I wish I. Could. That's another comedian I watch. Yeah. I, I watch, you know, that rant he used to do at the end of his bits. It's the, just wor uh, a wordplay. I don't know who yeah, you call yeah. the. You, you know, yeah. yeah. And um, me, it would be. It would have to be. I would. I would love to have met uh, either Jonathan Winters or um, or uh, Rickles. I've seen certain interviews. I've seen the soft side to Don Rickles. Ah, oh, it's great. He made fun of all all those people there, and they were all great friends. Like they were all. He had people from all different ethnicities and all different walks of life working with him. Yeah, but he had that Frank Sinatra thing. Exactly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what's beautiful about Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra would be in concert, and he before he would sing every song, he would tell. He would say, oh, this was composed by this guy and written by this guy, uh, you know, fantastic producer and, you know, Count Bakey, Basie. And, and then he would go, Rickles did the same thing. Oh. I love you. God bless you. All even, even he would crush people at roast. Crush them. Say, say shit. That yeah. would just make you want to run out the room. And at the end... He he's letting you know that it's it's about fun and you really see the sincerity in what he's saying. It's all love. It's like, man, it's all love. I love you. God bless you. I wish nothing but the best for you. I don't know. That's a guy who I wish I, I had the opportunity to meet. Well, that's a different time, you know, and it's funny. You have immigrant parents, like you're first generation American. Yeah. Uh, both of us are first generation American. And what our parents taught us as foreign parents they taught us to laugh at ourselves before we laugh at anybody else. So it's like when you learn to take the piss out of yourself, then you're like, okay, everyone else is free reign. And we always say, you know, if, like, if my father was making fun of you, that means he likes you. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't make fun of people you don't like. If you're making fun of somebody, it's because you like them and you want to bring them in your circle. Mm -hmm. Same as I grew up, uh, my parents had been in here, you know, my family for many generations as far as I know, and they taught us the same thing as laugh at you foreigners <laughs> yes. that's why he's good all right. all right and that's basically why this is the longest interview we've ever had yeah on, on, on it deck. is that's oh, it. yeah this it is, is the longest one doug you did it you did it this is it yes we can put on a high note then <laughs> Dude, you, I, i'm not gonna 
when when you read when 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 we were texting or whatever, and uh, that message you sent me, dude, that made my day, man. That like made my day. That uh, that you would you would be willing to come on to you would become, you know, this is a new podcast, man. You know, we're not we haven't been around a long time. We're just getting on our feet. Uh, we're still ironing out the kinks, and for a guy like you to say, "Yeah, man, I, I don't, I would love to come and do the show, man," it means a lot to us. Yeah, you know. And um, thanks. I don't usually, I don't usually have any balls or self confidence. I, I must have been drinking, but clearly, you have twenty fucking vodkas behind you. <laughs> um, I, think I wrote. I don't think anyone's ever said this in their lives, but. Can I do your podcast? <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was and great for me, man. Fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, Doc, thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, uh, we could do this again. Yeah. And um, I'll send some comics your way. Please. Yeah. yeah. We love them. Please. We love them, oh, man. Wait, wait. Um, Hang on. Uh, wait, it wouldn't be. Uh, I think he's coming in. Yeah, I know. Just have him, just have him walk through because you're the only one who hasn't walked through this podcast. So we're closing. This is what <laughs> we need. This is my podcast producer Should right come here. Come the other way. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Say hi to Tracy for us. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. All right, all things comedy. Doug Stanhope, man. Thank you. All right. I was gambling in Havana I took a little risk Sent lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Tras un día de lucharla, te mereces una recompensa. Una modelo, la marca de los luchadores. Así que sírvete esta dorada y refrescante lager. Porque tú sabes que cuanto más grande sea la lucha, mejor sabrá la recompensa. Pusiste las horas, el esfuerzo y el trabajo duro. Tú eres un luchador y esta cerveza es para ti. Modelo, la marca de los luchadores. Todo con medida importada por Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.